Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Version Ever. My name is Jonathan North, and today is the second part in our two-part mini-series covering the American adaptations of the 1953 play Sabrina Fair. Today I am joined once again by Chelsea Robson, and we're going to be talking about the 1995 remake film starring Harrison Ford and Julia Ormond. When we recorded the episode on the 1954 Sabrina over a year ago now, I had never seen either version, and ever since then I thought it would be fun to come back and do the second version, talking about the differences, what they might have changed, and how the time in which it was filmed might have changed the story. So once I started my Every Version Ever podcast, I thought this would be the perfect excuse to have Chelsea back and dive into the remake. So, I guess the first thing... I wanted to do this one because we did the last Sabrina. You chose the earlier Sabrina the first time we did a podcast together. And I guess I wasn't that familiar with it. I didn't really know about the remake. So I thought it'd be fun to do like compare and contrast and talk about the newer version and see if you weren't familiar with it, see how you liked it and how it compared to the old one. So I think you said you had not seen the new one. How does it compare for you? Yeah, so the last time that we talked, when we were talking about the original, which was uh, from the 1950s, it was, and also the fact you've got Audrey Hepburn in there, um, Billy Wilder was the director. Like, So you have like all these extremely iconic characters uh, and actors of the time that mm. were pull, trying to pull this this whole story together. And... So I've, I did really like that movie and looking into it with Harrison Ford, you know, there's a lot of things in this that I feel like they did a good job with adapting to the, the time. Um, But at the same time, if I were to rank them, I would definitely say the original one is going to be the best because I just don't think that you can outdo Audrey Hepburn (laughs) I gotta say though that Julia Ormond uh she did she they did a good job with finding someone that was very similar to Audrey uh but in a modern of the of 1995 kind of way um so I appreciate all that they did with that and with Harrison um I don't know how I feel about Harrison <laughs> in this one. Uh, I felt like he did well enough. And uh, I mean, I, feel, I felt like he did a good job. Um, it was just hard to to compare the two, I guess. Mostly because in this one, you can definitely tell that Harrison was more of the, of the star power mm-hmm. versus uh, Julia. Because um, Julia is really a bit of an unknown. And what's interesting is they really looked at everyone, like every every major Hollywood actress of the time was in the running, quote unquote, for this movie as I was looking it up. And I just saw that they they like literally if you're looking at if you're watching this on I was watching this on Amazon and on the X-ray thing where you can show all the the different you know behind the scenes little things it went through a list and it's like 15 different leading ladies and it's like every big name that you can think of that they got or they were thinking about getting for this role and even i went in and tried to look up any interviews uh after the fact you know for like letterman or jay leno and you know just uh behind the scenes 
like critic interview type things. And I didn't find any of Julia. I just found them with Harrison and uh, director Sidney Pollock. So I felt that that was an interesting way to go about it, considering mm-hmm. that this is about her. But yeah. I mean, they really focused on on his star power to kind of bring the film. Um, in all, I felt like they did a good job at moving it through. But in the end, I was like, well, I'd still I'd still go with the original better, mostly for the clothing, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I ended up watching both of them, one right after the other, just because I wasn't as familiar as you with the original Sabrina. So I wanted to make sure that it was fresh in my mind when I watched the new one. Uh-huh. And I feel like I liked it better this time than when I watched it originally. I don't know why. I, I guess when I watched it originally, I feel like I, I probably was too hung up on the age gap. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I guess maybe I didn't care as much this time. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was more familiar with it and it wasn't like a surprise. Right. It was a surprise the first time I watched it. Like I wasn't expecting this huge age gap. And I, I think we talked about it originally, but I don't know how much the age gap was supposed to be within the narrative. It was a big age gap in real life, but I don't think it was supposed to be quite that wide within the story. Right. So I think knowing that made it a little better for me this time. Uh-huh. And then watching the new one, the age gap is narrower. She's older and he's younger, I believe. Yeah, and I think so. I really liked all the different ways they modernized it. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I could say I like one over the other because I ended up enjoying the first one a lot more on my second watch, or my watch this time. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like both things. I like things about both of them. I think they're both really good movies. Yeah. I mean, they, here are some of the things that I was like, oh, you're really struggling. <laughs> Is mostly I was looking at, like, in general, like, clothing of the 90s really just struggled. It was just not a good era, um, specifically <laughs> because it was this time where, like, women were really like coming into the 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 suit pant or not even the pant suit but like the skirt suit thing Mm -hmm. and no one knew how to dress appropriately and so you're looking at the one of the major i think things that added to the first one was the whimsicalness of that you know the fact that first off everybody knew what audrey hepburn looked good in Mm -hmm. and so they were able to, the costume director on that one was able to, to really enhance her the way that her classically, how it fit with her, as opposed to um, totally siding for the, the styles of the day. And so with this one, when they're, they're totally bringing up the like, the Paris garb and high fashion Vogue and um, like the whole, the whole scenes where she's in Paris and she's like helping at the water fountain. Like (laughs) that one was, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, Oh no, why? (laughs) I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, but it made me laugh. There was some garish costuming happening there. it, It really was. And so 
and I'm not even sure how I would do it now, but I definitely would have because it, it, people are going to listen to this and thinking, oh, Chelsea, that's really what you got out of the costumes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yes, actually, because when you're looking at a type of person, you can really just make them look whimsical and make them look their best. And then you have others that it's like, yeah, you're really just looking toward the time and it ages itself super like really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's one of the main, the main things that I was like, okay, this needs to, they, they really could have made her a lot more. And I, uh, I'm guessing like soft, but at the same time, not because um, I don't know. There was just, there was just certain choices that, that le- left me looking at the outfits and not looking at her. <laughs> and so like you end up losing the audience because of that. If, it, if you're not done super well. Um, but the, I was, I, I actually had a moment because I know that they remade everything and they were thinking, okay, how are we going to remake this with the sensibilities of, of the, of that era? And it also made me think, okay, okay. If you were to remake this even today, like, what would the differences be? And I think a lot of times people would like jump straight to the, oh, let's have the role reversal and make Sabrina the, the, you know, the huge bazillionaire and have him be the, you know, the chauffeur's son, I guess, or something Mm -hmm. like that. I I mean, you would think that they'd probably try to pull that out somewhere, Um, which I'm glad that they don't because just, I don't think it would work personally. Especially if there was an age gap, because that would make it yeah. feel really weird. It really would. And and as far as like everybody's trying to be all progressive and whatnot with, you know, with storylines these days, but there's still a there's a sensibility of like what seems normal and what just seems like trying mm-hmm. too hard. Not necessarily normal, but because there's there's gotta be a, a you know, a people's confidence levels have to be at the same level for it to really be believable. And like, you can get away with it more with having, you know, in the current state with the class differences, as far as like really uber rich, you know, richest guy ever versus like chauffeur's daughter uh, versus the other way around. You can get away with that more with a guy to the girl in that situation, but you're still like, there's got to be a lot more of a connection um, mm-hmm. If you were to remake it in any other way, but I'm kind of rambling right now. <laughs> so well, we could, we could start at the beginning and then go through each scene and talk about different ways they were changed or things we liked. Sure. I found it interesting. I, I should have watched them like side by side to figure it out, but I think the opening narration was almost the same, at least for the first part of it. Did you notice that? I think it is. I think okay. it was supposed to be that way. The one the one thing, it does change towards the end when it becomes, talks about the more modern things that are happening. Right. But the one thing that made me laugh out loud was she said, David did a Gap ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the class. Oh my goodness. She was so 
not excited, but like, oh, it's so amazing. So reverenced. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Gap. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) You know, I, I felt like, you know, that first opening scene, you know, they, they basically do the same thing. Like they, they introduce the characters. They say the opulence on the one hand and her, the one up in the tree watching and kind of wanting to be there just for David. I think they could have done more with uh, creating more of a connection with the, with them as kids. Yeah. Like not actually have them as kids, but like have, there have been more of a, of a conversation i and then i think that would have like brought the age differences together a little Mm -hmm. more there were a couple references like talking about being a little girl and him having a music lesson Uh uh-huh and another one with linus and i don't know how old he was but she talked about um something happened and she got shocked like an electric shock from something and he stayed with her all day and right. the way she talked, you could tell he was significantly older. But I still felt like they were talking about like it wasn't maybe 10, 15 year age difference. I don't know exactly how old. But yeah. it, it, the, the way they talked made it feel like there wasn't a huge age difference. Like at most, David was maybe a teenager when she was like nine or 10. Yeah, that's kind of how I've it seemed at least. Which is fine. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Another random thing that I noticed was I think Sabrina and her dad are supposed to be British. And I think that they did that so that they could keep the accent because like back then they had like that mid-Atlantic accent. It was like a fake British accent. Yes. And, and I think that they made them British so that they could keep that because that was kind of like semi-iconic, I guess. And I just found that interesting that they're like the only British people. Yeah, I liked that. I felt that was, I felt that was believable because they, <laughs> they got him with the car. <laughs> Another random thing that I noticed and I actually really liked, and I, th- I feel like this is one way that the new version is better than the old version, is that in the beginning, Sabrina is like purposely homely. Uh-huh. Like, not that she's ugly or anything but like the way she dresses the way she does her hair it's kind of like a princess diary situation yes <laughs> like yes the exactly the giant hair i really liked that they had her like transform over her trip to paris and the one thing that i wrote down <laughs> but this is probably not fair to all homeschoolers but i wrote that she dresses like a homeschooler I'm homeschooled. I know a lot of homeschoolers. So I feel like they nailed that look. I don't know if that's what they're going for, but just that style of dress, just everything. She seemed like a homeschooler to me. And I don't know if she was, but I don't know. She just, she felt like a homeschooler. I mean, she probably was. Let's be honest. If they're in that area and her dad's an avid reader. So Mm. he probably, I would, I would assume yes. That's, that's my assumption. Point. That's a good point. And hey, I have nothing against homeschoolers. I wish I could have been a homeschooler <laughs> most <laughs> of my years. My my parents were very lucky if they were able to get me to go to school all the days. And that was <laughs> never a thing. So <laughs> I guess my family, like we, we lived, we had our uh, family business. And so I helped out a lot with that growing up. And mm-hmm. 
also I just like school was never really my thing so I often did my own stuff wherever I went um so I can definitely see how that would have been a a thing for for her dad being like well I'm just gonna have you read as much as I do (laughs) yeah there were a lot of books in their house I I didn't notice it at first but then she pointed it out in one scene I was like yeah, there are a lot of books. There. <laughs> That's a lot of books. Yeah, <laughs> I did have a moment where I was like trying to see the all of the the titles to the different books. <laughs> I was like, "That's an interesting array." I do that too. Whenever like a movie or TV shows like a shelf full of books or DVDs or whatever, I see if there's anything I recognize. Yeah. Another random difference that I noticed was there was only the mother Larrabee. And she was the one in the business. Like whenever she was married, he married into the family. So she was the one behind all the business. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. There was just one line about the dad marrying her. Not like he married her for her money, but like he married into this. I mean, probably did. And I wouldn't. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I mean, that isn't, I can definitely see how, I mean, they, Linus and Maud had a really good relationship back and forth as far as being, you could tell, as he said, he's like, well, I learned everything from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So definitely shows that she was more of the, of the business type, business mogul. Yeah. And one other huge difference from the original, I don't know if this is a good difference or a bad difference, depends on who you are. There was no suicide attempt. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, I'm like sitting there waiting for it. I was like, there's no suicide? Oh, all right. Yeah. She has like a moment with him before she leaves for Paris, but there's no suicide. She's going to basically say goodbye to David. And this is while he's off with a girl. And she's in the other room and she's talking about him not knowing who she is, but she wanted to leave and she wants him to know that someone is thinking about her. And then Linus steps out and she runs away. (laughs) I mean, can you blame her? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I would definitely be running away at that point. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do appreciate uh, Greg Kinnear as David. I felt like he, on the one hand, it was he. He's he's got a good vibe to him that looks like a guy that would be on the North Shore, but also he's good at playing the little bit of a flighty fellow of just like yeah, all right, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. I appreciated his turnaround at the end, mm-hmm. where the mom's all like, "What in the world has happened to you?" And he's like, "You've been, yeah. you have been copying me on all of the family." the business dealings for the last 17 years. You just assumed I couldn't read. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I liked his character better in this than in the old one. I think they made him, they went to greater lengths to make him a better person. I think Uh everything he does seems more like he has a better reason than in the old one, like falling for Sabrina, etc. Like in the old one, he's just kind of a, playboy and i mean he sort of is here too but he's a little bit more i don't know moral about it it's not like he's actively trying to cheat on his fiance right like actual reasons yeah i think i think they did 
a better job at, or at least I feel like he did a better job at recognizing, showing that he recognized mm-hmm. the change in his brother, even in little moments where he's like, okay, wait, no, <laughs> that's, that does not mean that like you, you got it for her. So the other big difference from the beginning is her reason for going to Paris. So in the original, she went to go to cooking school and I don't think she was going to school here. I think she just had a job and I think she was working for Vogue. Was it? Yes. Okay. She was like a photo assistant for a photographer. Uh, I don't know what her job was, but yeah, I mean, she was mostly like just an assistant, like a, a you know, the person who does yeah. all the grunt work. Yeah. I've, I don't know. I couldn't quite tell because there was a lot of French happening. So I don't know how much <laughs> of her was being shuffled off to other people because she started with one person and she ended up working for this other photographer and she ended up kind of having a relationship with this photographer too. Right. But she's still hung up on David. And this is this whole thing. She spends a lot of time in France and I kind of appreciated that because you get more of her growing as a person rather than just a few scenes of her at school and then she's totally different when she comes back yeah and that's not just her look because like I said she does transform by her look a lot too but you can see that she's trying to get over David because she has this picture that she's hanging on the wall and she's like slowly covering it up with all this other stuff but she never covers up the face I don't think so she's not completely over him she never covers up his eyes yeah so he's always staring at her (laughs) (laughs) another thing i felt like this one and i think both of them really i don't think they did a really great job of showing her transition of liking uh lionel versus david i feel like they could have made that different in a way like a little bit more recognition that we actually both like each other I don't know. Everything about Lionel is hard for me. <laughs> His whole <laughs> character. And I, I can see it as I'm watching with uh, Harrison Ford that he does do, you know, he is seduced. He's more seduced by the feelings of like trying to seduce and being like, oh, this is an actual thing versus I think her. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I felt like they could have added a lot more as like them as kids, you know, just like if they would have had more of a conversation of of him being like, Oh, well you were always this or something like that. And then having that, this like crossing the Rubicon, like, Oh, that's the moment where everything shifted. And you don't really get that as well for both of them at the same time. I think, you know, cause she's at the point where, when she comes back in, in this one, not with Audrey Hepburn, but with this one, when she comes back in and she's like, basically, I want to never see you again. Oh, wait, what, what, you know, tell me what else. <laughs> Maybe I do want to see you again. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like during that time, it was hard to see the actual shift for her to be like, oh, no, I'm totally into you. It was more because, you know, at the very end, she's just like, oh, you want me to go? Okay. <laughs> It was believable to an ex- to an extent, but I feel like if it were if it were me, I would want a little bit more. Yeah, I get that. There was there there was room for improvement. Yeah. One other thing that through this whole scene, you kind of get little glimpses of the staff. Like 
in the original we had that core group of like four staff members i think yes. there were a couple more in this one uh-huh but i don't feel like we got to know too many of them except for one named rosa and one named joanna yeah and joanna I, you kind of get the sense that she has a thing for the dad and vice versa yes but i really liked rosa <laughs> I really liked Rosa. <laughs> she had this one line that I don't remember the exact thing. I wrote down like the gist of what she said. She's talking about like when she first came to this country, she was miserable and she asked God why and she didn't get any answers. So she stopped crying. It took 11 years. <laughs> so she's just like, hey, just so you know, it'll take 11 years for her to get over herself. Yeah. Like oh, trying, to, trying to cheer him up, but <laughs> saying it'll take 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> I just laugh. They had really good moments. And, and I liked how they shifted because in the first one, you have these, you know, the, the funny moments is between the dad and Linus mm-hmm. as far as like their business and like, you know, getting everybody to jump on the, the glass and the plastic. And now in this one, everyone, he's like trying to get all of them to, to try to destroy the TV. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. I appreciated that they still kept that humor, uh, uh-huh. that levity in in those moments and just showing how he really isn't the man of the party. He's all about, hey, guys, OK, this is my chance. <laughs> Get everybody in here. Here, take a whack at it. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> that one scene with the TV, it looked like the one guy wasn't trying that hard to hit it. Like he was right. afraid of actually breaking it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another thing that happens during all of this that her time in Paris is you get more scenes back with Linus and David and you kind of get, you get to know his fiance a little bit more, not not too much, but a little bit. So you kind of get to know who she is. And this time she's a doctor. And I found it kind of interesting that she's the one who proposed to him, but she kind of made it seem like he proposed to her the way she kind of turned it around on him. Oh, that's a smart girl right there. That's a smart girl. (laughs) What did you think of the fiance and also her parents? As far as casting or uh, character characters development? and ge- the, just the general vibe of the characters? Yeah, um, you were right for sure that they definitely went in and added a little bit more substance to her and also more substance to their relationship. You can definitely see that it was this was a long relationship, mm-hmm. like at least a year at least because yeah. you know david ends up saying oh i haven't seen you or talking to sabrina i haven't seen you in years so okay it's pretty far along in the story that you've been with her so i assume that it's been a long time since you've been mm-hmm. you guys have been together and in that way it makes it a lot more believable one that he would jump in so quickly to that idea because at that point in time, it's like, well, yeah. But also, I did appreciate that they made her. There's no reason why it would have moved forward in this day and age. Or when I say this day and age, I don't. I'm not meaning 2020. I'm meaning 1999. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in that day and age, how it would have, especially during this time, you're looking at a lot of women are they're coming up more and more into the workforce and less and less and. Uh, of a difference in quote unquote roles. And Mm -hmm. so 
with him, he's always been the last person to be fixed on his plans. And she's obviously been one of the first people in her group of friends, probably, to be fixed on a a specific destination, considering that she's a resident doctor and, you Mm. know, very determined uh, girl. So I, I like that they gave her that side and made it a lot more, or at least made it very believable in that day and age that they would be getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at the first one, it kind of feels like he's being pushed into the relationship more than in this one. Yeah. She just seems kind of like a flake in the, in the old one. Yeah. So what did you think of her parents in this one? <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> that first dinner, man. <laughs> that was something. Um, I mean, it's in, it's it's weird, the dynamics that they threw into this, because they obviously make the age difference between the mom and the dad are is a lot more. Didn't even think of that. How did I miss that? You're right. <laughs> age difference of that one is like, oh, wow. <laughs> so basically, they... Oh, and then there's a point where at dinner, like somebody's mentioning something like, oh, do you want something today or whatever? And she's like, we like he clearly spoke Spanish to this girl (laughs) and she's responding in French. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, well, I I was a stewardess. Oh, they now call him flight attendants. Well, and then she goes into this lewd joke right after. It's like, oh, my goodness gracious. How awkward would that be? The, the one quote, whenever they try to be funny, it comes off as perverse or yes. terrifying. You'll get used <laughs> to it. <laughs> I wonder if she's the first wife or not. Uh, that's, that's one thing that they didn't really mm. make clear. Um, no. <laughs> just funny. I did enjoy the, the back and forth of the whole thing, though. Yeah, I thought they were funny in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> There was another scene that I wrote down another quote from Rosa. I think they were they were writing back and forth, and this is when Sabrina is told about the engagement. And there was a quote from Rosa. Darling Sabrina, life is a dream, and now it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. I liked her. <laughs> oh, good times. I like the fact, and I... Remind me, did Sabrina's dad end up super rich as well? Yeah, sort of. I don't know how the money would translate, but at the end, he talked about listening in on conversations between the Larrabee family and trading stocks whenever they traded stocks. So he ended up with just over $2 million, I believe. Yeah, so that was in this this one, uh, the the 95 version. I was just wondering if... That was the same in the 54 version. I don't think so. I don't remember that happening. Yeah, I did like the fact that they gave him a like a love interest. I don't think yeah. that he did that with the other one. I thought they were kind of cute together. Yeah. So how did you think everything kind of wrapped together? How they uh, transitioned from one decade, one you know era to another? I thought they did well, especially like, like I mentioned with the clothes, I thought they did a good job of making you know the time was passing because with the older one, aside from the way Sabrina acted, nothing felt too different from before she went to Paris and then when she came home. Yeah. 
but I thought they made the transition feel more believable and show yeah. more time passing. I'm glad that they gave her a little a little love affair in this one. Because mm-hmm. that that makes a lot more sense as far as like, you know, just growth, yeah. <laughs> human growth. You, you learn a lot in relationships. And for her to have actually moved even a little bit on yeah. from David, you kind of would need a little bit more of a of a broadening of the of your spectrum. Mm-hmm. She didn't move on 100% though, because there was that line about him. He could tell that there was, she was thinking of someone else or something. And then right. I don't think you see him again. So I think it's just implied that they must've broken up off screen. Yeah. Cause they, the next person that they see that you see her with is that other, her like mentor woman. Yeah. And I like that, that she had someone like that to talk to as well. Yeah. Just more indications of growing as a person. Yeah. More people involved. Because mm-hmm. it really seemed in the older one, it really seemed very quick between moving away and coming back. Yeah. So at the point that she does come back, there's like in the older one, there's this party that he invites her to when he finds her. And I'm not sure when he did find her, what, did, what she, had she taken a bus or something? Because it looked like she was just standing on the side of the road. <laughs> and I, she wasn't like near a station or anything. He just happened to yeah. see her. I think that, no, I think, yeah, she had gotten off. They had a bus go by. So I think that she just, okay. she'd gotten off the bus. I'm not exactly sure why she decided to not get a ride home. She mentioned in her last letter to her dad that he, she wanted to surprise him. So he wasn't supposed to come and pick her up. Yeah, was she just waiting for a taxi or something? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. I don't really know how taxis work. Maybe she was standing where a taxi would come by. (laughs) I've never been to New York or anything, so I've never had to hail a taxi. Well, have you you been able to hail an Uber? No. Oh, (laughs) well, there you go. I don't think we have Ubers near me. Oh, yeah. Anyway, when he picks her up, he does not recognize her like the original but part of this is because she's had one more transformation off screen. She's cut her hair. So what did you yes. think of her haircut? <laughs> I was expecting her to, or expecting them to cut her hair. And I mean, I'm glad that they did. So here's, here's something you'll learn is that if you know a girl and like she was in a relationship and then all of a sudden she just has a complete cut of hair like total change of hairstyle it's most likely because he's gone (laughs) because you don't cut your hair for a guy you cut your hair for you and so that is a i'm pretty sure that that is pretty universal if you're looking around so i do know that they were going to cut her hair i uh, the the perm is what bothered me (laughs) but then again like it is a little bit more of what would have happened in 1995. So once again, it was a, it was a sad year or sad couple of years for fashion and for hairstyles in general. Um, so I'll give them a pass. But I mean, you're looking at the same, you know, Audrey Hepburn cut her in, mm-hmm. in the movie, cut her hair that way as well. So this is a this is a, a significant way for a woman to show she's changed. <laughs> That makes sense. I just figured you might have something to say about the style because of the. If it, I felt like it really dated it to the nineties. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. The, any short hairstyle is, is hard to do uh, as far as not to be dated because mm-hmm. generally long hair is the more classic. It's harder to date that one just because it takes so long mm-hmm. to get to that point where your hair is that long. But short hair, you know, you have to change every six weeks or so. So in order mm-hmm. to keep it short. So there's definitely going to be d- changes in hairstyles. And that's easier to to keep with a trend. So, I mean, I give it to them. I don't know exactly what they would have done. I'd have to do a, a Google search of like what the 90, well, back in 95, let's see. You would probably have a little bit more of a, it's going to be something like that, but it's also going to be the, the short hair of it flipping out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it turns it, but that's more like closer to the 2000 era, I would say. Uh, Cause you don't really have friends on the market just yet. And so, you know, the Rachel haircut isn't particularly there yet, uh, but it's coming. It's right around the corner. <laughs> so, <laughs> I never really thought about that being as like short hair being a more easy way to identify a time period. But I think you're right. I never thought about it before, but most of the time period identifying haircuts are pretty short. Yeah. Um, I mean, they don't have to be like short, short like that one, but definitely under shoulder length because the moment you go past shoulder length it's really hard to have a style mm-hmm. other than curly or uh big curls versus yeah. i was gonna say that's curls. the other way you date a hairstyle is how big the hair is like how much yeah product they're putting into it for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh i was right there don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, I was really young. So at that point, my the hair, uh, my mom did get me into the perm era of that time. And I wasn't particularly, a f- well, I don't remember being a fan or not. It just, uh, that's what it was. So. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a hairstyle or a haircut that could date me. Mom, would, mom did mostly buzz cuts. Like she, okay, not, yeah. not completely buzzed, like she did some, like if we wanted it. But I remember really wanting a bowl cut <laughs> on TV, but she would never do it. Mom cut all her hair, but she would never give me a bowl cut. And looking back, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job, mom. Good job. So we have a party that they go to after the revelation that she is Sabrina. And the party, I don't remember what the party was for in the original film, but this time it's for his mother's birthday. Uh-huh. And this is another change from the original movie. They have his fiance is not in attendance at all because in the original one, I think he got rid of her by spilling a drink on her and then going after Sabrina. Right. But this time they don't even bother with that. She's just not at the party at all. But but the thing that (laughs) this made me laugh so hard as an apology for missing her birthday party, his fiance sent her a dog. (laughs) (laughs) And her mom hates it. His mom is like, ah, a dog. (laughs) um, I think her parents are there and they say something like, we're so sorry. Elizabeth couldn't be here. And she says, so am I. She gave me a dog. (laughs) 
<laughs> I burst out laughing. I laughed so hard I annoyed the cat who, who was on my lap. He was oh, looking nice. at me like, what on earth is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Just her delivery. <laughs> so am I. She gave me a dog. She gave me a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another thing that you might have something to say about. What did you think of the mom's dress? <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean... Once again, <laughs> you're you're really tied to the to the styles of the time. Um, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. I didn't make too many notes on wardrobe, but I wrote something down about that because she had a giant bow on her back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, like, the 90s, yes. Everybody always talks about you know who Jojo Siwa is? She's like a teen star. She always wears big giant bows in her hair. Okay. Like, the giant bow on this dress would put Jojo Siwa to shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Enormous. What it, What were you thinking as far as his uh, wardrobe selections? Linus? Yes. Um, I didn't really have any specific thoughts. It's just a lot of suits. Yeah. It seemed kind of normal. Yeah. There were a couple things that I'm like, eh. I, I'm not really a fan of the bow tie on him. Some guys really are able to pull it off, but I think you have to have a, a longer torso. And I was like, yeah. mm, you've, you probably would have done better with a, an actual tie. But eh, I felt like they did. I mean, that's the other thing about with men's fashion is like you. It's not that different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women it's have all across the the spectrum. But for men, it's like a suit okay slight differences i'm sure but yeah another difference in this version is that instead of a tennis court the location of choice is a solarium ah I yes thought that was kind of interesting i don't know why they chose to change that but i liked the location it made it more interesting to look at it's a little easier to you know sneak away into that's true <laughs> places to hide Uh uh-huh and david would know all the places to hide (laughs) (laughs) i found it interesting that with elizabeth gone they kind of used her parents as the people who are getting suspicious about sabrina yeah because they have them watching from a distance and like they're like who was that and getting the mom all flustered and trying to make excuses yeah well i mean you know, I'm, I'm sure the dad has heard stories <laughs> about mm-hmm. David. And yeah. so I I do not doubt that, you know, especially when you're connecting this to my business. And the reason yeah. why I'm doing this is because mostly because of the fact that this is we're quote unquote, almost almost family now. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that that is he's like, hey, I got people. People can I got better options, too. Mm-hmm. So he's not just doing it for for his daughter but for all well well, i would say a lot of it is doing it for his daughter Mm -hmm. i think they have reason to be suspicious one thing that i liked was in the scene where they confront david like he's trying to sneak away he's got the champagne glasses in his back pockets like the original the mom (laughs) i wrote down her whole quote because it, it made me laugh she says I endured 21 hours of hard labor to bring you into this world. The doctors begged me to take drugs, but I said, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't hurt my child. 
Well, I changed my mind. You do anything to screw up this thing with Elizabeth and I swear I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Good mom. Good mom. But yeah, they kept the sitting on the glass thing in this one. I don't think they played it, the, the glass itself, too much for laughs as they did in the original one. Because I felt like they kind of went on a little bit too long with that, like Linus hitting his rear end and him falling on it and getting poked and i mean yeah it's funny but my thing was when i was watching i was like he, he has stitches you might break the stitches <laughs> and they didn't they didn't do that they they played up the humor more later on when he was given a whole bunch of sedatives right yeah i liked that part I was like, <laughs> he doesn't like pain, so give him this and this. And he's like, no, they haven't, they haven't proven that. <laughs> it's like obviously, <laughs> this is something that I killed his dad. No, they haven't proven it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna sue his own mother. Well, he's not me, okay. <laughs> so, what did you think of the whole scene with Linus trying to take his place in the solarium? It's hard. It's really hard because it's like, what? how would I feel if I were in that situation and be like, whoa, <laughs> this is something else. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that was another, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was awkward. And I think she did a good job of, of notifying, no, that's awkward. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But still enough that it was like, well, okay, I guess, because I mean, I know you too. It doesn't have nearly the same, you know, it's all in the, it's all in the family. He did that. Yeah. Be, he did it that, was, but it was awkward, not as much. They, they didn't repeat that line. That line got kind of weird in the older version for me anyway. Yeah, but I agree. All in the family. I agree. Well, they did end that though with her slapping him, which I guess he kind of had coming because he did kiss her without, uh, I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I just think he kind of leaned in and kissed her and she wasn't expecting that. So it made sense. But I didn't know, like, I don't know how close they were before this. So it seemed odd that she forgave him that easily, especially since it ended with her slapping him. Because yeah. the next day he asked, I think it's the next day, he asked her to go with him to photograph this cottage I think he said it was in Martha's Vineyard that he's planning uh-huh. to sell, and she just goes with him. I think that they that there was enough uh, enough knowledge of each other there because I mean, even when she first got back, he recognizes her first like yeah. right away, and it's like, true. oh, hey, Sabrina, hey, how was your trip? You know, and it's like he doesn't just recognize her; he recognizes her enough to even like, no, I I know you were on a trip, and oh yeah, hi, you know, as far as you know david doesn't recognize anything at all and it's like mm-hmm. okay um so i feel like they're they do have enough of a of a at least knowledge of each other and less fear well she does mention that when she was younger she always had this fear and her dad was like well i mean that was probably normal <laughs> because mm-hmm. of one who he is and two he's just older when you're like eight years old so mm-hmm. um but at the same time, yeah, for him to just kind of lean in like that without her expecting any of it and uh, being on the defensive for sure, feeling like, hey, no, 
you you're trying to get rid of me with a million dollar deal. So what did you think about all the stuff that happened the next day then with the helicopter ride and then the private jet and then photos and basically a day long date, even though that's not how they framed it. Right. Uh, (laughs) The marathon dates. Um, (laughs) Let's see. I think at that point in time, once you have decided, okay, I'm, I'm going with you, you let your guard down quite a bit because Mm -hmm. you're, with this person and it is weird how he keeps talking about like Linus Larrabee is, is lonely. And she's like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what to do with this information. Like it is weird how he's trying to like, he's really laying it on thick and he doesn't know how to necessarily seduce a woman. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is him not actually liking her. He's like trying to do things to make her like him because of right. this business deal that they're working on and like part of it he's like straight up lying to her too yeah that whole thing about that one building he says that he's they've donated it to the city as a halfway house which you find out later is a total lie because he actually wants to do that now right i mean i oh it's hard to like linus it's hard to like him uh during these parts because you know he's lying and you know that they're but at the same time it's like is he though how much is he invested in the combination he's like lying but also not lying at the same time yeah he's he is trying to make her fall in love with him for the business deal but i think he is in a way well he is falling for her he just doesn't really want to admit it yeah the one thing that i thought was weird and maybe this isn't weird in that part of the country, but they went on a picnic at night. <laughs> and I thought that was super weird. Like, who goes on a picnic at night? I mean, it's dinner. So it's like, they got dinner. Or, But yeah, it was interesting because he apparently, like, baked the clams himself. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, this like was this was a marathon date, I gotta say. Like, where did they get the clams? Did he buy them or did he fish them out? I'm I'm assuming that he bought them and then just decided to like maybe put them over the fire. I don't know. Um it, I did like the different names that she referred to him, you know, while they were on their little dinner date, because it really did show how he was like, ah oh, crap, this is really who I am. <laughs> Like calling, saying that she heard that he was called the only living heart donor. Right. (laughs) And how he thinks, you know, scruples are actually a a Russian uh, Russian currency. Currency. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then the next day is when you find out that he was lying because he's talking to the secretary and he's wanting to donate that brick building to the town because apparently he wasn't lying about owning it, but he was lying about donating it and he also wants to get tickets to a show to take her on another date and she comes to visit and brings all the photos that she took and she's mixed up the envelopes of photos so he's looking at her paris photos and i think that's what gets them starting to talk about going to paris because he says that he's been wanting to go somewhere and get a real change and he's thinking about paris he's kind of planting the seeds for this plan but at the same time, I think he does kind of want to go to Paris. Yeah. First off, can we talk about how much 
I love his secretary. She's <laughs> yes. probably one of my favorite auxiliary characters in this movie. <laughs> that, that one scene where it's not this same, but like the next time that Sabrina comes to the building, she's like, oh, no, don't tell him I'm here. But he pays me to tell him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just such a fan of her. And then, you know, at the very end when he's like, you went to my, you went to my apartment. And the mom's like, I took her. He's like, oh yes, we had our, we had our arms elbow deep in your underwear. It was like touching the shroud of Turin. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I love yeah. you. She was great. Oh. <laughs> uh. See, yeah, you, you, you got to have somebody like that on your staff. Like, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Her character in the original one wasn't quite that funny. <laughs> no. And I that was an upgrade for me. Yes. So I don't think they actually go to the show that he was talking about getting tickets for. They end up going to an Indian restaurant instead. Uh-huh. And she wants him to eat with his hands. I think that's like authentic to Indians. Like I think they use flatbread to yes. skip the food. So yeah. the the whole point of that was to make him feel very awkward, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've had roommates who were from India and one roommate who she was teaching me how to eat, you know, rice and eat non bread and all of their, you know, curry different foods that they have. And you you do have to eat it with your hands. And it was just it was odd to get used to that so i can definitely see you know this was one of those moments where they definitely use it to their advantage to you know make harrison ford looks as goofy as possible (laughs) (laughs) he had some line and there was something about like it was a great method next time he'll try the soup (laughs) oh Oh, I do like, he's like, oh, you don't mind eating with your hands, do you? He's like, not since I made my hefty donation to the burn unit. <laughs> <in one scene. laughs> There's a lot uh, of great lines in this. Oh, uh, this is good. This is good. <laughs> so their dinner is where they're talking more about Paris. And by the end, I think he's basically admitting that he wants her, partly for this plan that he has, but I think he actually does like her at this point. Yeah. And I saw an interview, as I mentioned, with uh, with Harrison Ford, and he talked about how it's not necessarily because he is trying to manipulate her and he's trying to get this plan. But in doing so, he's never really tried to dive into the I love you type feelings because he's never had to use this as a ploy. Uh, He doesn't know himself what is real and what isn't. And so he is, by putting that out there at all, he's like, uh, is this real? <laughs> I, I'm, okay, I guess. And so he, he starts uh, being seduced himself by the feelings themselves that by putting them out there at all. And mm-hmm. so like in that way, I do kind of worry about the whole, is this a real thing or not? Be- just because you are in love with being in love right now? Like, is that what you are? But you know, she really wasn't totally blown away by him, but really, like, she was. And I felt like that was weird. Like, I guess just putting it in, if if I were in that situation, like, would I, I don't know, be able to see through it or anything like that? It's just kind of like, this is kind of odd. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't even like you to begin with. Oh, thank you. No, I mean... <laughs> 
well, and he keeps saying, like, she's like, I barely even know you. And he's like, well, actually, you know me better than anyone. I'm like, really? Does she? Does she, though? <laughs> I think he's saying that because of all the things that he sort of confided in her over the past couple of days. Because I get That's the true. sense that he's never said any of that kind of stuff to anyone before. Yeah. So I think that's what he means. Ah, yes. Because he, he talks to his mom. He says, ah, yes, we have we have bonded. We have confided in each other, told each other our secrets. As yeah. though it's like his task list. list. <laughs> like, okay, in order, this is, this is the part of the task. This is how you do it. Uh, but yeah, he's never actually done it. So therefore the act of doing it is like wait i actually just did this that's i wasn't lying when i was telling her these things Mm -hmm. therefore oh great (laughs) i i I fell for my own boy so after this night they go home and david is there his drugs have worn off i guess Uh and he's wanting to pick up where they left off go back to the solarium and she basically just tells him, no, we'll do it tomorrow. You go rest now. So uh-huh. I, I don't know how much of that is her wanting to delay things because she maybe feels something for Linus now. I, th- I think that might be playing into this. She's trying to figure out how she feels. And she wants to delay David at this point. Yeah, I think that's probably what's happening. So then the next day, this is where the Paris trip thing starts falling into place because Linus is telling the secretary to get two tickets for them to go to Paris. And you also have the Tysons showing up at this point without Elizabeth, just the parents. And they're almost basically threatening him, saying that they've gotten this other offer. They're not going to accept it this time because they're like, they're so, they're almost family. But they think that David's behavior has been suspicious and they're wondering how serious he is about Elizabeth. And the mother is just basically trying to say, oh, he's on a whole bunch of drugs. (laughs) You're going to take what he says with a grain of salt. I mean, that is true. They did put him on quite a few drugs. (laughs) Yes, that is true. It gave them a good excuse. So then... After this whole meeting, Linus takes his mother to the other room and tells her everything, tells her about the whole plan. He's taking her to Paris. He's going to leave her there, and then they'll close the deal after that. And the mother is like, she's worrying about Sabrina. And he basically says, this is business. Apparently, you've never seen someone's face after they've taken over their business. And you taught me everything I know. And she says, I didn't teach you this. So... She's worrying more about Sabrina than you kind of expected her to, because she seems kind of not heartless at the beginning, but like she's more in the business and maybe you don't think she might care that much, but she does now. She's, she likes Sabrina and she doesn't want her to get hurt. I think there's also a level of respect for her dad. Mm, yeah. Because with families like this and just really with anybody it's like when you have respect you know a working relationship with someone you don't ever really want to close that and especially with like family types like they never were the ones that closed the windows and so it's like they had a really good relationship with the dad and Mm -hmm. saw her you know to an extent grow up yeah she wasn't necessarily somebody that they paid attention to growing up but you know she was there and she they paid for 
the fact that she lived in their house, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it had more to do with just the length of time that they'd known this girl and her family Mm -hmm. versus necessarily her herself, because I don't think that they were ever really like, and I mean, I know later she goes in and uh, is like, Oh no, now you need to run away. Um, But I feel like, that mostly was where a lot of it came from. And then it's like, I think after that, once they realize more of, or specifically once David tells the mom, you know, how deep Linus is in, he, I think that she is a lot more on Sabrina as a person side, but that's just my view, I guess. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So then I think I mentioned before, this is where she comes to the office and this is where she sees the secretary and the secretary buzzes her in. Like, he pays me to tell him. <laughs> and this is where he is inviting her to go to Paris and she wants to tell David and he doesn't want her to. And I think they're about to kiss and the secretary interrupts them. <laughs> I did knock. <laughs> I like her again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she delivers the tickets that he had her get. And Sabrina is now super happy and everything changes for him. Like he now feels the same way his mom does. He doesn't want to hurt her. He tells her everything that she was getting in the way of David's marriage and their company's merger. He was planning to abandon her in Paris, but he had an apartment for her and a bank account with 500,000 francs. I don't know how much that translates to, but it's apparently a lot of money. It's enough, I'm sure. She does say that his original offer of a million dollars was more. So, <laughs> yeah, they were talking in hypotheticals earlier, like on one of, of their course. dates. <laughs> well, that was in the solarium. Okay. But she says that she doesn't want it. However, she does take the ticket. So I don't know how much she was accepting. Was she accepting just the ticket or was she going to take the money too? She just took the ticket because she's like, oh, no, I don't want any of it, actually. I just, but I will take this. And then her dad, that's later on where her dad was like, well, actually, I'll pay for stuff because I can. So, Mm, yeah, because daddy's got some monies. So she gets an apartment or something for her. But then she, so that's also why Linus didn't know where she would be. And why he had to ask her dad, like, where is she? Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think of that. You're right. Yep. But, I mean, it's nice to know that they both have an apartment here now at this point. So (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They can maybe work on having a real relationship before before moving on. Right. Instead of of a fake or one-sided relationship. Yeah, I just, I still, at this point, I'm like, I don't know how deep this is going to stay. But, you know, we'll go with it. All right. I guess because Linus is not, he's not one to make these types of advances, period. So Mm -hmm. any type of advance is kind of him just making a decision and moving forward in that way. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I hope it works out for them (laughs) in this fictional world. I hope it works out for Sabrina and Linus. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the whole family can sense that they're good together because you'll see that they kind of all work together to make it happen. Because you have, at this point, he's basically so remorseful that he's going to have David go after her like he planned in the original film. So he's 
tells his secretary to transfer the ticket to David, and he's going to have David go after her. But she ends up going to see David, too, before she leaves. She doesn't tell him what happened, but she says, like, I won a ticket to Paris. He says one way, and she says yes, and he seems happy for her. So, like, he's moving on. Like, he's he's ready to settle down with Elizabeth. Uh-huh. So you have David going to see Linus and punching Linus when he's he admits everything. He tells him that he's been manipulating Sabrina, but David is the one Sabrina really wants. And at this point, when he leaves, he tells the secretary that he wants to talk to her. So you could tell something's going on. But he also asks to see her in his office. And he says, where is it? <laughs> like, he has an office, but he doesn't know where it is. Right. I love that. <laughs> I need to speak to you. We're in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, where is it? <laughs> And then he also meets with Elizabeth and basically tells her everything. And then I think it off screen, you don't see it happen, but everybody starts getting together except for the parents, uh, Elizabeth's parents. And I think they're all formulating their own plan on how to get Linus to Paris with Sabrina. Yeah. And then this is where you have the whole scene with her saying goodbye to her dad and he admits he's got $2 million. And then you have the whole thing with him and the other housekeeper or whatever she is joanna i think she's the chef oh okay yeah you might be right yeah so she's she's like why didn't you tell any of us how to make all that money he's like well you could marry me and and get get the money that way (laughs) she's like she would never marry for money (laughs) but how about for love (laughs) i thought that was cute yeah i thought that whole thing was cute i like them together so then you have the big meeting same as the end of the original movie. The difference here is that everybody's kind of in on it. It's not a huge surprise for everybody. It's a surprise for Linus because he thinks that he's going to be telling everybody that David is leaving and not marrying Elizabeth. But it turns out during David's meeting with Elizabeth, they decided they're going to elope. And then their mother and the secretary have packed Linus's bag and everybody's been working together to get him to Paris. And... I think I wrote down this one quote from the mother to Linus. And she says, Linus, I love you. No mother could be prouder, but I think it's time you ran away from home. (laughs) (laughs) And then David pops in, but sign these first. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's the point where he basically takes over the meeting. And it turns out he's a lot smarter than people think he is. And and there was a line earlier in the movie too, about him going to business school, but never showing up at the office. So he has the knowledge he just has not used it up until this point. Yeah, and he ends up really shoveling everybody like, okay, I can... Or actually, no, going back slightly where Linus is like, he makes the comment of like, you know, and I never quite understood why he just never showed up. Like, as though he oh. knew that he could and he knew that he had it in him, but it was also like... I don't understand what is wrong with him. Like, why? And then later on, she's like, well, he said that, why do they need me when they've got you? And so you can see that he was just basically waiting for a chance to, you know, quote unquote, prove himself without Mm -hmm. Linus being there. Yeah. And that's another way that I feel like they've, they've made his character better by making him not this flaky playboy He's actually got some smarts and he's willing to do what he needs to. Yeah. And then 
after this, he's decided, yes, he's going to go to Paris. And he's actually being driven to the airport by Sabrina's dad. And they have a whole conversation. He says he doesn't deserve her. And they, they kind of agree to that. But he promises that he's going to take care of her anyway. And they end up stuck in traffic. It looks like they were both going to abandon the car, but I don't think they did. He ended up making a run for it to catch the airplane in time. So the final moment where they're, you know, face to face and he's coming to basically say, you said I would love Paris. I hope you didn't think that I would ever do it without you, did you? And my question to you, did you feel like that was believable, that whole exchange? Yes, but it was also awkward. (laughs) Because of the way they left things, it feels weird that he would just kind of show up. Like, if I had left things on a bad note with someone and they followed me across the world and then just showed up, that would seem kind of stalkery. (laughs) But I guess since this is fiction, it's okay. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the movies. Let it be. (laughs) Yeah, it's romantic. It's not stalkery. (laughs) I, you know... And I did like that they gave her the line of like, I don't know how, how I'm supposed to trust you. And, and then it's like, well, but you know me better than anyone. I'm like, once again, still don't believe you. (laughs) Probably one more reason why I probably shouldn't trust you. (laughs) But I don't know. I felt like they did the whole ending. I felt like, okay, I'll get behind this just because I feel like it, they, they worked enough for it. So Mm -hmm. I, I can get behind it enough, too. I think it's just one of those things where they're kind of limited by the fact that it's a movie and not a TV series. Because if it were a TV series, they could draw this out a little more and maybe make him call her and apologize and talk about things before following her across the world to Paris and showing up on her doorstep. <laughs> I do like that there is a point in time where she was like, well, you are formidable, aren't you? Like, he's he's a guy that is not going to give up so she's just like well i guess this is your thing you're kind of like all in yeah it makes sense and it's not like i'm creeped out by this or anything it's just one of those things oh totally (laughs) yeah i'm willing to forgive it more than if this were a thing that happened in real life right right one thing that i noticed that i just thought was kind of interesting I, i don't think this was the case with the original film it ends with the same narration from the beginning. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think that was in the original, but I kind of liked the. I, I mean, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a nice way to, I guess, bookend the film, a call back to the beginning. So, what would you give this whole film out of five stars? Maybe three and a half. My initial instinct is four, but because it was good, but like. I don't know if that's being too generous or not. <laughs> it's not five star worthy, but I don't know that it's like three star worthy. Three three seems too low. So maybe three and a half. I think I can get behind a three and a half for me as well. Um, it was definitely going to be between a three and a four. So three and a half is a good you know, line down the middle. Yeah. I think compared to the other one, I would give, I think I would give the other one, you know, 3.75, maybe four. Maybe okay. I gave it a four before. Um, definitely not a five, but it is enough to enough levity to to bring you back at least once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't know which one I like better because there are things about both that I I really like. And like I said, I liked it more this time around than last time, just because I think I got over the whole 
age gap thing. <laughs> but the actors are really great in the old one. It's just, it's such a great look at that time. And I think a lot of that has probably has to do with the clothes, like you said. And it just, it's like an old Hollywood film. It just feels so, yeah. I don't know if iconic is the right word. I don't like using that word too much, but like, that's the first thing that pops into my head. It's just, it's one of those movies that just has that old Hollywood feel. And I like that about it. But I do like the script changes that they made to the new one. I like a few of the characters a little bit more especially like the secretary. <laughs> I, I like some of the quirky changes, the number of one-liners. So there's things to like about both. So I don't know if I have a, a preference one way or the other. I agree. They had a lot of good things with both. Um, yeah, I still I still vote for the first one just because I feel like that's the more iconic of the two. But I do like a lot of the aspects of this one as well. So I think that this one, you know, the fact that Currently, it's on Prime, and you know it's one of those movies that you can just add to a list of you know romantic flicks. I would definitely put it on again, just as a oh, we'll have that go on in the background if I want that going on, you know. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on this episode. Yeah, I'm glad we did this one. It was a, a nice change of pace from some of the movies that I've been watching recently. I've I've done a few too many movies that are like super bad. <laughs> Oh, no. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) I mean, it's partly for this podcast because it's every version ever. So I'm trying to watch as many versions of certain stories that I can. And at some point, you're going to run into some clunkers. But I do have someone who enjoys that kind of thing. And we always have great conversations. So even though the movies are a chore to get through, it does result in a fun conversation. But it's still a nice change of pace to watch a movie like this that is actually a really good movie. (laughs) Good. I'm glad that I turned this on to you. (laughs) Yeah. Plus the fact that I watched both the original and then this one. So it was actually two good movies in a row after like three bad movies in a row. (laughs) I'm upping your average. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that'll be all for this episode. Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Sure. If you want to take a look at any of my stuff, my name is Chelsea Robson. I am a a singer and I also do another podcast where we interview and talk about animated movies called the Rotoscopers Animation Addicts Podcast. But me personally, I am a songwriter. So I do a lot of songs uh, for weddings, for anniversaries. So if you know anybody who is looking for that special gift for a a romantic episode of their own, uh, you can give me a call. You can go to songs by chelsea.com and i love doing that so it's it's been a lot of fun to be able to kind of dig into other people's love stories as well okay and i will have links to all that stuff in the description perfect well thanks for joining me maybe someday in the future we'll have to find some other good movie to talk about and do another episode i'm all down for good movies (laughs) (laughs) okay well we'll see you next time all right bye-bye Thanks to Chelsea for joining me for this episode. I'll have her links in the description below. Next time on Every Version Ever, we'll be doing another mini-series. I'll be joined by my friend Jenna, a.k.a. Phantomwise, a.k.a. the biggest Alice in Wonderland fan that I know. And over the course of two episodes, we're going to be talking about a huge variety of all sorts of obscure, short adaptations of Alice in Wonderland. 
And then if you want more from her, Jenna and I also talked for probably at least an hour on all sorts of random topics, from favorite movies and TV to her love of Alice in Wonderland, and that interview will be going up on iHeartMovies. So we'll see you next time on both podcasts. Thanks for listening.